Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're going to switch up the order, actually, because Danny and I were just getting fired up about this MVP discussion. So we really, really dug into the numbers. We've got probably 20 different categories, both objective and subjective, that we're going to go through, rank the four best candidates, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, and LeBron James on. And finally, Danny and I will each pick an MVP going through at the end of it. We're sponsored today by CISO. Go to seeso.com right now and get one month free when you use the promo code CAPSPACE at checkout. Get some awesome comedy streaming that you can't get anywhere else. And distilled, dsdld.com slash CAPSPACE is the URL to get 10% off right now on awesome luxury grade denim at an affordable price. All right, Dan, we put in some exhaustive work here. I think the place to start is we each give a, almost like a high school debate team an opening statement uh, for in support of each player. So so I'll start, and if there's anything that you want to add uh, for each of these players, please feel free to do so. The first guy, James Harden, and I think the argument for him is that he is leading an unbelievable offense, the best offense of these teams, especially when he's on the floor. They have broken the NBA three-point record. He has set up more points via points and assists of any player in history. I believe I, I saw that stat. The Rockets have vastly outperformed expectations expectations this year what he's really doing at his size the number of assists that he's generating is nearly unprecedented outside of maybe magic johnson and he's an incredibly efficient player who also sets up his teammates really really well and he's one of the best in the league at pick and rolls and the Rockets are the third best team in the league this year when nobody really had them that high to begin with. Yeah, the only thing I would add in there might even be more of a distillation than anything else is just that Harden has the best case in terms of offensive impact plus efficiency. You know, the idea that he is the engine behind the the league's second best offense and he is so central to it in a way that is not different from all of these guys, but in a way that has been arguably more effective than all of these guys. Yeah, the system runs around him, and he sets up the up all these three point shooters. They don't really have other creators, at least certainly before Lou Williams got there. So uh, they are totally reliant on him. Uh, LeBron James. The argument starts with the fact that he is the best player in basketball in the playoffs. He proved that again last year. He has been the best player in basketball for pretty much undisputed since 2008-09 with maybe Steph Curry breaking in there, Kevin Durant breaking in there a little bit at times, but certainly over that 10-year period. That's incredible. He has fixed the big offensive weakness in his game this year, increases his shooting, his overall efficiency. He has more offensive versatility than any of these players and despite the Cavaliers disappointing that's not his fault because he they've been fantastic when he's been on the floor and that if he leads Cleveland to another championship this year and has another great playoff performance we're all going to look stupid again for saying someone else should have been the MVP you know we just talked about how Harden is special because of how well their offense plays when he's on the floor LeBron actually has a better offensive rating than James Harden does the Cavs score 114.7 per hundred possessions with LeBron on the floor and Harden it's 113.6. The difference between that makes the Cavs not a historic offense like the Rockets are is the how much worse they are when he's off the floor. Russell Westbrook, we know that he's averaging a triple-double. I couldn't care less about that. The fact that mathematicians decided thousands of years ago that the first number that would be expressed in two digits was 10 is completely meaningless to me. What is not meaningless to me is the fact that he is setting the record for usage this year he's taking an unbelievably limited offensive team to a very good offensive performance when he is actually on the floor he has been the best clutch player out of these teams single-handedly willing Oklahoma City to a, a ton 
of clutch wins his clutch usage he basically creates via scoring or assist every single Oklahoma City bucket in the last five minutes of games and he also while his defense isn't that great over the whole course of the year he can turn that up in the clutch as well they've been a very good clutch defensive team also and just without him you know this would be a lottery team yep i don't really have much more to add to that though that was pretty much my whole argument Kawhi leonard almost the equal of these players on offense the same true shooting percentage basically as harden and lebron the one area where he is not quite as good as they are is in setting up teammates but he more than makes up for that on the defensive end his numbers are a little fluky just due to unlucky opponent free throw and three-point shooting but we know what he is defensively he has been an awesome defense player he's had to carry some pretty defensively limited starting units and he just keeps getting better and better he gets to the foul line he also has been very solid in the clutch the spurs have been the league's best clutch team 25 and 10 clutch record and he's the best player on the best team of these candidates also his usage you know it is lower than westbrook and harden but it's actually higher than lebron james's this year all right, so that was a, a good start here to give our best arguments for some of the candidates. We'll get into the nitty-gritty, see how well those arguments actually hold up as we go to the statistical record and our own more subjective analysis as well right after this word from CISO. CISO is just the best place for online comedy at just $3.99 a month. No joke. You've seen SNL star Sashir Zamata play Rihanna, Michelle Obama, and Beyonce. Now she's taking the stage with her very own stand-up special, Pizza Mind. That is one of many, many awesome comedy specials and series that streams exclusively on CISO, the comedy streaming service loaded with all the comedy that you love. You get unlimited access to hilarious stand-up specials and binge-worthy classics 42 seasons of saturday night live and the entire money python catalog british cult comedy original series like harman quest and bajillion dollar properties and new episodes of your favorite late night shows the day after they are all on demand and commercial free you can access it anywhere at any time on almost any device and it's only $3.99 a month the way to get started with them just go to CISO s-e-e-s-o.com right now you get one month free when you use the promo code capspace at checkout a familiar promo code of course because we talk about it all the time on the program. Get that month free at CISO.com, S-E-E-S-O.com, promo code CAPSPACE. All right, let's start with the statistical resumes here for these players. There are lots of one-number metrics out there, both purporting to measure on and off court impact or just take the box score stats. So Danny, how do some of these stats break down in terms of ranking these candidates? So we'll start with PER, player efficiency rating, which is something John Hollinger created and is, you know, it's still on ESPN, but it is other places now. And I will note that all four of these guys have really high numbers. There have only been, in I think it's the last 50 years, there have only been 90, 27 plus PER seasons total, and there are four of them this year. Russell Westbrook is leading the league at 30.67. Kawhi is next, he's actually third behind uh, Kevin Durant, 27.66. Then Anthony Davis, who's not in this, then James Harden is 27.38, and LeBron James is 27.02. Yeah, so Westbrook, a clear lead in this statistic, which does perhaps give more weight to players with higher usage the belief being that if you have a high enough usage you're taking away some of the very difficult shots from your teammates and I think in Westbrook's case that argument rings truer than maybe on some other teams or and in fact even his own team in the past when he had Kevin Durant with him because there really is nobody else to create and make those shots when they just don't have anyone else who's even a decent pick and roll player decent penetrator off the dribble probably their second best shot creator on this team is Ennis Cantor uh and 30.67 is an amazing number that would be MVP worthy when Hollinger first came out with the stat which actually is adjusted to towards a league average of 15 every season so even though there's an offensive explosion this year that is actually accounted for in the stat by that that setting it against the league average and Hollinger said basically any season over 30 is should be considered an all-time great season again this is just a one number metric doesn't consider individual defense uh, but Westbrook by this measure I'm not sure exactly where he is but this is probably a top 15 season it, all time. I can tell you it's 13th right now if, if it ended right here uh, wait it's not 13th but it could get there just a second he is 16th right now but in a tie with Shaq and then he what well, he could if he went up two tenths of a point he would be 13th 
What about uh, win shares? Another uh, stat available on Basketball Reference. Win shares both per 48 minutes. It, that gets thrown out there as well. But also, you know, we have to give some sort of a bonus to the players who play a little bit more we're talking about what the value is over the course of a season i mean to me the test is i guess actually this is a good time to talk about it just when you're thinking about what the test is for just you know who is going to be mvp danny what is really your criteria i think that the amount of time a player is on the court absolutely matters because when you're my my basic test is if you replaced that player with a league average person of that role responsibility so it's not rigidly position but that how much do they drop off is it and it's an abstract test i understand that but part of that is is durability. You know, some of these guys are playing truly incredible minute loads and you could expect that an average player would not do that or would not stay healthy you know, either way. So yeah, I mean, the more time you spend on the court, the less time you're theoretically heavily inferior backup stay on the court and the more you can elevate your team. Yeah, I think to me, the test is who contributed the most to winning basketball games during the 2016-17 regular season. That's the test for me. I do throw in some things like, all right, who do I just think in general is the best player in the event of what I would consider to be a tie uh, but that's the that's the big question to me so you know if you've played more games if you've played more minutes that may not mean that you'll be a better player in the playoffs but it does mean that you helped your team win more games during uh, the regular season and so we talked about the win shares debate you have just the overall number of win shares and then you also have win shares per 48 which is really more of a rate statistic uh, so where do the players uh line up there in terms of win shares it, it goes in a different order Harden is is top at 14.2 and that's split into 10.8 offensive and 3.4 defensive actually all four of these guys are positive in terms of win shares on both ends of the floor yeah yeah i don't really buy defensive win shares that much as a stat that's why i'm giving the split on it but so Kawhi is is plus 12.9 8.5 of that on offense 4.4 of that on defense westbrook is 12.2 7.9 offense 4.3 defense and then lebron is the lowest at 12 even 9.2 offensive 2.8 defensive yeah and again this is a box score based metric so Kawhi being only 0.1 better than westbrook in defensive win shares that is not necessarily great but again you know that's why we're doing like 20 of these metrics right because uh, none of them really are uh perfect so you know i think if you can kind of combine them together a little bit more you get a little bit better sense of the picture uh on box plus minus which is essentially a stat on basketball reference that seeks to take a player's box score contribution see how they correlate with what usually is the effect on a team's on off how well they do when a player is on the floor and then turn that into you know something similar to you know an rpm type wins but just based solely on box score statistics russell westbrook in that particular category absolutely dominating one of the greatest uh seasons of all time by that metric Right. So the other three guys are kind of in the high single digits range. And then Russell Westbrook is at 15.3. So 10.7 offensive, 4.6 defensive. So he's at 15. Harden is next at 10 plus 8.6 on offense and 1.5 on defense. LeBron is a little bit lower at 8.2, 6.7 offense, 1.5 defense. And Kawhi is a little step below that at 7.9, 6.4 offense, 1.5 defense. Yeah. And again, I, I would caution that Westbrook being at 4.6 in this statistic and Kawhi at 1.5 a little fishy but you know again that's why we're doing all these now to ESPN's RPM which of course purports to measure a player's impact when they are on and off the court their effect on wins adjusted for teammate quality and also for the quality of the opposition and there's also a box score component in there as well what are the rankings there so this is where we see the first significant boost for LeBron James. LeBron is actually the highest in this at plus seven. He is plus 5.8 offensively, which is third of this group and plus 1.2 defensively, which is the best of this group. Westbrook is next at plus 6.37. His 6.78 offensively is, 
I believe top in the league and definitely top of these four. And then his negative 0.41 on defense is second lowest of these four. Kawhi is next at plus 6.17, plus 5.26 offensively, plus 9.1, plus not plus 0.91, sorry, defensively. And then Harden is at plus 4.93, another high plus 6.66 offensively, and then the biggest negative, negative 1.73 defensively. Yeah, my own personal preference again for RPM, I'm a little bit more of a believer in it offensively than defensively uh especially when you're just kind of in the middle of things but Harden actually is the best mark of any of these players on offense although it should be noted actually that there are plenty of other players who get up there in offense as well and then you know Kawhi again really low in RPM as we talked about because of this fluky three-point percentage I think Tom Haverstrow said this on the podcast with Arnovitz last week that Kawhi's season is one of like the least lucky in terms of opponent three-point percentage and free throw percentage that's ever been measured uh and so that really is messing up his numbers a lot here why don't we get into some more subjective stuff here uh, as we go through and, and to break it up from the stats all right who do you think is just the best player out of these guys in the abstract, I think LeBron is still the best of these guys. His offensive impact is absolutely massive, and the fact that he's making three-pointers the way that he is 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 incredibly important. And you can make an argument, I would say, for, for any of these guys, but you can also make an argument for Kawhi on the logic that if you were to pick a regular season game at random, LeBron's defense this year has, has kind of waxed and waned, and Kawhi's has been a lot more central. And I mean, the, the Spurs are excellent defensively. He's a big part of that, whether the stats bear it out or not. We both watch plenty of them. So I still think LeBron Braun is, but I would say Kawhi has the next best case. Yeah, that's interesting. We did, of course, our rankings of the top 10 players in the league. I had LeBron as number one, uh, Steph Curry as number two, and then I think I had Kawhi as three. It was either Kawhi or KD. I can't remember. One of those two or three. All these guys were in the same second tier. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting question of if you just take a a random regular season game and put average talent around these guys, where are you going to end up the best? I mean, and you also can say that, hey, Kawhi has the best system out of some of these guys that might be another actually i'm going to put that category and we could talk about that but yeah I, I think i would probably rank them if i had to here as you did lebron Kawhi, harden and then probably russell westbrook actually in terms of just who's the best player now that is not of course uh, what the test is for mvp but i think it still should still be a component uh what about defense just your i mean we know what the metrics are but just subjectively how would you rank these guys defensively as in as a regular season award, I think there's a pretty significant margin between Kawhi and LeBron. Now, in terms of ceiling, they're not they're not as far apart, but Kawhi game in, game out, he takes on tough assignments. He also has big a big role in help defense a lot of the time when they can pull it off. And then so and then a LeBron second just because he's way better than the other three guys. And then Westbrook versus Harden is is kind of a fascinating one and I would say that they're both very shaky, but at least Westbrook has the advantage while I think that some of it is done to the detriment of his individual defense. His defensive rebounding is a value added when you're comparing him to a, a, another limited defensive player like Harden. And Harden is not a bad rebounder himself True. as well. He's gotten plenty of, of triple doubles. Uh, but I do think that Harden is a tier below all these players defensively. Westbrook has been a part of very good defenses before. Harden really has only been a part of one top 10 defense. I, well, I and believe, also I would mention Houston. The, the clutch time, clutch defense for the Rockets, yes. for, for the yes. Thunder has also he's a part of that and they've been very good there that's another argument pro Russ anti-hard yeah I mean and as much as there have been some statements about oh Russ doesn't is really bad at challenging shots when he's defending point guards he's going to rebound hunt and, and there is some evidence to support that but on the other hand this is a good Oklahoma City defense and now of course they have much better talent around him than Houston does with Harden although you know you could say Capella Nene Ariza Beverly like those are pretty good defensive players in their own rights and Houston has been about average defensively Harden will still not as bad as he was last year or in 2013-14 maybe not quite as good as he was in 14-15 either but I just I think still Harden is the one guy on this team where you'd say like hey we're gonna attack this dude you know as opposed to just okay maybe he's kind of not that engaged but uh Harden is someone that that I think teams are, are more likely to go after where you look at it as a major weakness for him even when he is engaged so um all right next one here before we get into some more stats 
would you say is the most actually we'll do two more here because the second one is kind of part of it who would you say is the most important to their team's success this year Russell Westbrook. I mean, I think this is the centerpiece of his argument for MVP is that he has elevated more limited talent and he is the only guy on his team that is capable of doing it. And I, I mean, I think that you can also make a similar argument for both Harden and LeBron. I mean, those guys are elevating players to to have great years a lot of times. And I would say that argument actually goes, I would put Harden next and then LeBron because Harden, the Rockets have so many dependent talents, as good as they are offensively. Like Ryan Anderson is not going to create shots. He, he can make those shots, but he you need somebody to create them. And when Harden is basically the guy who does that for his team, that makes him more important. LeBron is spectacular at that, but at least his team has Kyrie Irving, who theoretically, even though the team creators when he's out, can do yeah. that. And then and, Kawhi, and Kevin Love know. too, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean he was, he was supposed to be like, yeah. you know, is, is a max player. In well, his and own Lo- and Love is better at that than Ryan Anderson anyway. Even though they're yeah. both limited, he he is better at that spot. Yeah, he can get into the post. He, he's an excellent passer. Uh, you know, I think for Westbrook, this team is very limited around him, obviously offensively, and the way that he gets those defensive rebounds and pushes the ball. They have one of the highest paces in the NBA, and without him, like that whole system doesn't work, right? I mean, so much of their offense, and this is why they might get shut down in the playoffs, perhaps. But so much of their offense is dependent on just pushing the ball. His individual singular talents, his ability to create a shot at any time uh, to draw defensive attention and create assists for his teammates they're really uh, you know Houston I think they have enough shooting and and the way that they've played when Harden has been off the floor they've actually been fine offensively especially since Beverly came back uh they looked really bad very early in the season but and we've seen and in part of this is due to his uh absolutely execrable backups uh, but I mean Oklahoma City just cannot score without Russell Westbrook they just do not have the, the talent to do that. So the last one that you wanted to do in this in this kind of subjective part before we go back to stats is who is harder to stop and... Wait, wait hold on. So, so sorry, I, I messed this up actually. I, uh, let's look to, because I think when we talk about team importance, this goes hand in hand with it. Okay. And uh, the system, who, who benefits the most or the least by the system that they're in? I think you would have to say Kawhi because of just how good his coaching is, the, the system around him, they don't drop off as much when he goes off the floor this year the defense stays good uh, all of that is I think he maybe gets a little bit of a demerit there maybe compared to some of these other guys that's one way of looking at it but I would say that and I would agree with that but Russell Westbrook probably statistically benefits the most from his system he it hurts him in many other ways but statistically the part of the reason he's averaging well, a well but his efficiency well I, although I guess that's an interesting question too is like would his efficiency get better he played with Kevin Durant before and his efficiency really wasn't any well, better it also depends still... on which efficiency we're talking about like PS PER would probably yeah. go down because PER rewards high usage at yeah. solid you know solid but unspectacular efficiency levels and then Harden you know playing the pace they do the system they do leads to his assist numbers being great and all of those sorts of things but I would yeah, say it, you know in terms of the player who is who has the most favorable confines due to system it's certainly Kawhi I would say that Kawhi but also Harden just because we've seen D'Antoni's system over the years I mean Chris Duhon has looked really good in D'Antoni's system in terms of numbers like Jeremy Lin when he first came out you know I mean you just saw it was granted it was against like the baby sons but Pat Beverly had 26 points the other night when he was the point guard when Harden was sitting with the illness so I would say benefiting from the system Kawhi and Harden I would give them a little bit of demerit there and then I don't think anyone is saying that LeBron is you know benefiting from some unbelievable coaching I mean he does have a lot of shooting around him but you know throughout his career he's been able to be effective shooting or no around him and then for me Westbrook while he does get more usage I think he almost is and they try to push the ball and let him get these rebounds I mean when you just look at you know there's no like oh hey Billy Donovan's offensive system like people don't talk about that and not to say that he hasn't done a good job but especially when you consider also like the complete lack of shooting around Westbrook I wouldn't say that he benefits from the system other than just that he's allowed to pile up a lot of stats but we're not talking about piling up counting stats we're talking about you know just how good of a player the the guy is and how he's able to perform 
So do you want to go back to stats now for a little bit? Yeah, I, I think we should. Uh, where do you want to go next on this? Should we get into some of the, the uh, well, I guess we should do the usage, just overall usage and true shooting percentage first, because those are two of the things that I really look at a lot. Uh, true shooting percentage for everyone except Russ, right around 61%. Usage also basically kind of, I guess Harden's a little higher on usage, right? Yeah, I believe I believe he is. Yeah, he's at 34.3 on, on BR. Yeah, and LeBron, 30%. Kawhi 31% and then Westbrook 41.9% that would be uh, an NBA record uh true shooting uh Russell Westbrook definitely below at 55% actually a little better than he normally is and then also uh turnover percentage is something that should be talked about all three of these guys actually have higher than average turnover percentages which is usually around 13% for the league Westbrook 16% LeBron 16% that's actually been one of the two things he hasn't been good at this year the other being free throw shooting uh, and then Harden, 20% almost uh, turnover percentage. That is really, really high. Uh, and, and especially considering how space the floor is around him, I think the fact that Westbrook manages to have a much lower turnover percentage even though it is kind of high than Harden does uh when you consider that Westbrook is playing in such a crowd all the time you, you know I, I think that's a significant demerit uh the amount of times to me that that uh Harden turns the ball over and then Leonard only nine percent turnover rate uh part of that is because he is not drawing as much help to him and playmaking as much for others his assist rate is also much lower but his ability to just create a shot and be efficient while turning the ball over very infrequently really helps a ton and, and helps his team's defense too uh whereas you know some of these teams their defenses are bad in part because they're turning the ball over well we're not doing this as a full category i have it in front of me and i just think it's interesting that harden dominates this competition in terms of both free throw attempt rate and three-point attempt rate, just in terms of the proportion of his shots that come from those two areas compared to everybody else who's in a pretty narrow band comparatively. So this next category, the rating went on and off the floor. I think this is important talks about really how these players have helped their teams lebron james the cavaliers 15.7 points per 100 possessions better when he is on the floor they are plus 7.4 points per 100 with him on the floor negative 8.3 points per 100 with him off the floor and they still have not won a game this year when he is rested right i think they won one but i'm not sure i i don't remember what a and now that could also be a demerit for lebron because he wasn't able to play in those games i mean maybe he was able but he was rested and that that counts you know those are games that his team lost but they also indicate perhaps how valuable he is when he actually is on the floor so it's it's both good and bad uh but that is very impressive he is the has uh by far the best differential uh i shouldn't say by far but he is the best differential uh, by at least two points per 100 possessions of any of these players right comparing on court and off court and russell westbrook is next he's at a 13 difference because the thunder are plus 3.2 points per 100 possessions with him on the floor including a 107.8 offense and then that drops from plus 3.2 to negative 9.8 which is the worst of any of these four without him and the offensive rating drops from 107.8 to 97.2 yeah i mean negative 9.8 with him off the court that's basically you know a 15 win team you know when he is off the floor and granted when he's on the floor he isn't able to push his team to some of the crazy heights that these other guys are but you know i think it speaks to the lack of talent around him as well and part of that too i mean he's not playing when he's on the floor it's not like he's playing that much with his terrible backups samaje kristen the ghost of ronnie price's 2.5 million for this year and next year uh cameron payne of the windy city bulls and norris cole of whatever chinese team he played with and <laughs> ended up like getting cut from this year uh so that's it's not like he's on the floor with those guys but those guys aren't the only reason that they're so bad when he's off the floor i mean and just to get when he's on the floor to get to 107 uh that is really impressive you know that would be uh, i want to say maybe about like your 10th ranked offense in the league this year with him on the floor and then of course that 97 would be by far the worst in the league when he sits and they're also actually better defensively when he's on the court too by the way yeah and some of that is surrounding talent you know swapping out Stephen Adams for Ennis Kanter but there, there's more to it than that and the next disparity so you can imagine the huge golf so plus 15.7 plus 13 as the as the net Hardens is next at 1.9 <laughs> So, I mean, they're spectacular offensively. They're plus 6.4 when he's on the floor. 
113.6 is their offensive rating. And interestingly, when he's off the floor, they just turn into more of a grinded out but positive team where they're they're only scoring 106.9 per 100 possessions. So kind of close to actually what the what the Thunder are with Westbrook on the floor, but they only allow 102.4 per 100 possessions. So that gives them still a positive 4.5 net rating. Yeah, and that's a, another indication that you know Harden's defense really is in a different category of badness than these other guys that the defense gets five points per 100 better. And Kawhi is that same thing that we talked about why, why it is that way with him in terms of that three-point percentage. I'm not aware of anything like that as far as Harden is concerned. Yeah, I'm not either. Kawhi, so I said Harden was plus one point or one point nine net. Kawhi is one point four because they're plus nine, which is amazing. They're plus nine with him on the floor. One twelve point seven offense, one oh three point seven defense. We've talked about the noise in that number. And then def- and then when he's off the floor, if they're plus one plus seven point six, which is still quite good. One oh three offense, ninety six point one defense. And you could think about that. I the guy who I attribute that to in my head is Dwayne Dedman, that I just feel like the switch from Pow to Dedman makes them such a more capable defensive team but that's not the way their rotation has been set up for the last month and a half or something like that yeah and I think the plus nine difference in terms of offense is very indicative and you know if Kawhi's numbers both when he was on the bench and when he's on the floor weren't so fluky in terms of opponent shooting you could expect them him to be right in that kind of same differential as far as on and off as uh lebron and and russ are whereas harden again you know uh they're seven points per 100 better when he's on the floor on offense but they give up five of those on defense and i'm not willing to ascribe all that to him you know, i'm not saying he's you know only worth that much and they've also have had you know an underratedly good bench especially since getting lou williams uh so i think if you want to talk about how the quality of the backups are are affecting some of these differentials you know the spurs clearly have by far the best bench of any of these teams i'd probably say even that the rockets might might be second and, and then okc of course you know Know, really especially considering russ's backups you know th- that's really going to hurt them a lot so russ kind of benefits here but then you know he's also going to be hurt just in terms of you know the overall team wins and quality right that's a good point let's get back to some more subjectives here who is the hardest to stop of these players that may be a related question who makes teams change what they're doing the most defensively I feel like it's to me that this one goes to LeBron just because I agree he's so hard he's so big and strong and also because of the way that he can pass the fact that if you throw extra attention at him that attention has to come from somewhere and not only is he does he have the best vision of any of these guys as a passer I think he also throws the hardest passes and so that means he can get guys in a shorter period of time because the combination of his vision also his reaction time is incredible and then that so he he can he can create openings where other guys cannot yeah i mean lebron has the one move among all these guys that is going to against all but maybe like five guys in the league is going to just force a double team and he gets into the post when he backs down forces help with those shooters around him you just have to double team you know and that double teaming is changing your defense coaches don't like to double team you you know uh, even westbrook we don't see teams and i actually have made the argument that teams should do this more against him but they don't we have not really seen teams try to trap him and part of that is because uh he's so fast that i think he could blow past a lot of traps anyway and then you're you're in a five on three you're really screwed there but I, I do think that Russ, especially for good defenses, I think we've seen him struggle against the really good defenses in the league, Golden State being a perfect example of that. If you have guys who can switch and stay in front of him uh, and you know stay solid behind him, uh, you're, or guys, teams that can really be disciplined, wall off the paint, have some good rim protection, you can force Russ into some really inefficient nights. And now now keep in mind, for value, you're not playing the good defenses all the time this year. But this for this subjective category... I think Russ is probably the easiest to stop of any of these guys because Harden also has like all these tricks for fouling. Uh, He's got all those shooters around him. He's got a good role. And part of this is the team context too, but I don't see. Another part of it that I think has to be an element of this discussion is that while we think 
of this often as a defense trying to stop an, an offensive player. It's also true that since Kawhi provides so much value defensively, that's hard to stop because you can't do as much about it. I mean, you can isolate off of him. You know, you can can try to marginalize the guy who he's guarding. But outside of that, he's providing impact even if you limit him offensively. Yeah, that's a great point too. Just that you can't really stop someone's defensive contributions. And then also I think Kawhi, just in terms of a one-on-one score, I think he is actually the most unstoppable of any of these guys in terms of just creating an efficient shot for himself because he can just get get into the paint knock a guy off and get a mid-range jumper that he is just awesome at making uh and he, he's got a lot of versatility to his game too as, as a spot-up shooter he's probably the best spot-up shooter of these guys um and you know i really the weakness of course to him is just that he's not as good of a passer and he's not like blowing by guys to force help and set up his teammates but i think if you're just like hey like who in a last shot situation for you know maybe with 10 seconds left i probably would want him more than anyone else uh when you if you consider that there was just a, a an average defender against him um yeah but i think in terms of like making teams change what they're doing the most Le- lebron would probably be it all right we got a bunch more questions to get here still at, at the 40 minute mark already but first this from our friends at distilled dsdld.com slash capspace distilled.com slash capspace is the url to get 10 percent off your first pair and the reason i like distilled i actually have a pair of their jeans on right now is because they finally have made the same luxury grade denim that used to cost hundreds of dollars available starting at just 75 bucks they use the same fabrics factories wash houses the best known brands and designers but they skip the markups and middlemen they're not in department stores they're not doing a lot of traditional advertising and so the result is pure unadulterated denim with a guaranteed fit but without any of the retail markup you can also check out their selection of outerwear leather jackets and t-shirts as well and with free shipping and free returns until you find the perfect pair they're your answer to elevated style without elevated prices so again the way to get started with them dstld distilled.com slash cap space gets you 10% off your first pair five letters dsdld.com distilled.com slash cap space so let us continue in the realm of the subjective here the next question i have if you switched another player onto one of these teams what would be the result and i think the most interesting parlor trick here uh, not trick but parlor game more accurately would be if you put these other three players onto this oklahoma city roster how would that change how the thunder have played this year since they are the worst of these teams i was just thinking about how oklahoma city's point guard rotation would be if you if you played harden or lebron there and just got really really sad <laughs> but theoretically you could yeah. you could theoretically you could put Robertson on some ones that would be uh, something he hasn't really done that much he put they put him on stuff periodically but not really that often yeah yeah you could switch effective on ones at times yeah yeah that would be nice I do think though that I think OKC is better with Russ than they would be with Harden be- just because they get so much in transition just ramming the ball down people's throats and I think without that they would just be in big trouble Harden for his whole career as relied on having all these shooters around him Daryl Morey uh whether it was under McHale whether it was under D'Antoni now really on steroids this last year has relied on spread pick and roll system all the time OKC doesn't have anywhere close to the personnel to do that and I think that Harden would then be stuck in a situation where he's not really able to have the floor spacing his vision I think would, would be a problem he doesn't have the explosiveness that Westbrook does to force help right at the rim I mean he's still a very good driver don't get me wrong but uh I, I think that especially due to the transition part of it i don't think they would be quite as good and then also you throw in harden's defense as well compared to westbrook's i don't think they would be quite as good well, lebron i think kind of same thing right like if he's gonna really try they just wouldn't have the spacing around him well and i think that is also exacerbated by Kawhi, just because he does so much less offensively in terms of creating. Like there just wouldn't really be the space for him to do it. And also think about that for Kawhi, so much more defensive attention would be on him than is on him currently. And you could actually make a version of that argument for LeBron. I mean, LeBron is still the linchpin of every team's defensive strategy against Cleveland, but it is harder to help off their guys than it is off OKC's. You know, I don't, I'm not so sure about that, actually. I don't think, I mean, because Kawhi kind of just works through his spots in the mid range. even you're not going to really double double team 
right there, which is part of why I, I think that he's actually, you know, part of why I think he can be more difficult to stop than these other guys. Because, I mean, think about San Antonio, especially in their base lineup right now. I mean, they got one shooter on the floor with them. It's Tony Parker. I mean, LaMarcus is pretty good in the mid-range, but he's not spacing out. Uh, you can, you can the help, it's easier to get there. Dwayne Dedman, not really a shooting threat at all either. Uh, so some of these lineups that he plays with he's still very effective without really any more three-point shooting than you would say maybe uh oklahoma city has so i think he actually because he's just all about kind of working one-on-one and getting to his spots i don't think his uh production would degrade as much and it's not like he's setting up his teammates that much anyway so i think that aspect would uh i I I think he could be effective i would say that danny green and lamarcus provide significantly more spacing than the two and the four for oklahoma city personally yeah no i I mean i think you're right about that but but there's still the spurs are operating at a shooting deficit compared to most teams already i mean you're right that Uh, i won't argue that another oklahoma city is another animal they take that deficit and make it a freaking gulf uh who has the fewest weaknesses of these players lebron i mean at least at least at his best because well i mean you could you could argue Kawhi as well because what Kawhi does has fewer weaknesses but as an overall player now that he can shoot threes lebron has been pretty amazing overall when he's been engaged yeah i think lebron's defense has been bad this year though their their defense overall has been bad he's been a big part of that his free throw shooting actually has been a problem under 70 percent this year uh they've been very good in clutch games but that's that's something that you might look at as a weakness um now Kawhi, i would say basically has no weaknesses other than the fact that he's not like an unbelievable passer that's the only one that i could point to uh, for him as a weakness unless any others come to mind no i think that's about it uh harden of course his defense would be one uh his foul drawing of course is a strength uh, but you could also say that maybe at times at the end of games that over reliance on that is something that that could be a weakness that can be taken advantage of by the best defensive players uh westbrook his inattention on defense certainly is a major weakness his not being you know he's a, a great shooter I think it is a weakness as well, and just as in his overall inefficiency. And I think, and I think he's just—he probably has like the least moves of any of these players. You know, he's just going to go hard, and and very few people can stay with him. But I think you can kind of anticipate what he's going to do. You know, but he's just going to keep doing it over and over again. He's going to be relentless at it, and that is its own strength. But in terms of the fewest weaknesses, I would say that you know LeBron and Kawhi to me have less weaknesses than than Harden and Westbrook do. I don't have much of an opposition to that. So uh, this is really the last section now. And uh, uh, well, let's talk about this first. Uh, What about durability and like number of minutes overall? Harden has definitely played the most minutes overall. So he's played 76 games, 2,775 minutes. So he's averaging 36.5 per game. Westbrook is next, unsurprisingly, 76 games, 2,645 in terms of minutes. So he's actually averaging fewer minutes per game, 34.8. LeBron, while he has played fewer games, he's at 70. So six fewer than the other two. He is actually close to Westbrook in minutes. They're just fractions away from each other. LeBron's at 2,631. So his 37.6 minutes per game kind of make up some of the laps in games. And then Kawhi is the lowest in both. Kawhi is... 69 games, 2,335 minutes, so he's only playing 33.8 a game. Yeah, some of those have been rusty. I think he missed either one or two games with that concussion he suffered a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I mean, personally, I realize that LeBron and, and Westbrook are pretty close in minutes. I would rather have 35 minutes a game in 76 games than 38 minutes a game in 70 games just because you know, you can come in and save your team at the end of the game. You're in there at the end. Still, you can kind of do something about it. Whereas LeBron, you know, the games that he missed, it's just like, well, you know, we're, we've punted, we've lost, you know? So, uh, I, I think that Harden and Westbrook, to me, have a significant advantage over LeBron and, and Kawhi in, in this category. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I th- I think there's a difference between LeBron and Kawhi too. I I, I agree that there's a separation and then a, and then sure. there's a separation. But I mean, Kawhi just playing so many fewer games is also significant. Yeah, but yet you know his team is still by far the best at, out of these teams. You know, what I mean, I think that's something that we really we have to harp on here. I mean, that's traditionally been a big quality that the Spurs team way better than any. Of these other teams uh in over the course of the regular season on place to win 63 games uh and in terms of wins harden's team the rockets on pace for 56 lebron's team on pace for 52 and i think certainly 
the fact that the Cavaliers, I think most would say, have underperformed their talent level this year in terms of wins, in terms of defense. He's a, he's a leader of the team. He's had some little foibles most recently with Tristan Thompson, uh, and he sets the tone for them a lot of times. As we've noted, his defense has not been anywhere close to what it could be, and you know he's earned the right to do that because of how well he's played in the playoffs, and you know the fact that the, he's gunning for his seventh straight finals. But we are talking about his value during the regular season, and that really has to be acknowledged. That this Cavs team, I think, has been worse than they're kind of supposed to be. Whereas the Rockets have been way better, I think. The Spurs, while I expected them to be really good, I mean, if you just look at the talent on the roster, they've been better. You know, I think Kawhi is a huge part of that. Uh, And then Westbrook as well, given especially their bench problems with OKC, I think that they they have uh, outperformed my expectations a little bit. uh, And although they're kind of right in line, I think where most people thought they would be. They were also the hardest team to create expectations for because they such a massive changeover that we were kind of drawing in the dark in terms of what they were going to look like considering they changed over more than half their team, basically. All right, let's talk about what I think to me is going to be one of the big tiebreakers. I mean, the other big tiebreaker to me would be just who I think is the best player. But I mean, are you in agreement here that with everything that we've gone through, that these these guys are all like pretty close at this point? Or is there just even just the factors we've considered before we get to clutch performance? Is there anyone that you feel like is kind of the leader? I like Westbrook's overall profile even before this, just because I, I consider the surrounding talent and the centrality that he has a little bit differently. But this is, for me, a great piece of that argument. Yeah, I if I had to look at anyone, I, I mean, it's still... I still believe Kawhi is kind of getting short shrift in, in these discussions. And, you know, he's not as cool as these other guys are. He doesn't get as much attention. Uh, his defense, especially now because it's so hard with where you have to dig into like the third level now to find how good his defense is, even though we know that, that he is really good defensively, uh, you know, and the lack of weaknesses that he has, especially on the defensive end. Uh, I think that he's getting short shrift here. I don't know that he without clutch would be my leader, but he, he's right up there. And this clutch stats, I think, is really where the difference is made, though. And again, clutch stats can be very fluky, right? Like, remember last year, Steph Curry had one of the best clutch seasons we've ever seen, and so did the Warriors. And this year, they're totally average. The Spurs last year were totally average, even though they're a great team. Now they're having one of the best clutch seasons we've seen, 25-10 and 10 record in the clutch for them. Uh, and the clutch, of course, I really like the NBA.com definition of within five points, in the last five minutes of the game. I think that's when you just talk about really the idea of playing crunch time, who is your crunch time lineup, you know, those sorts of things. You start talking about that with five minutes left in a game that's within five points. So I, I like that particular definition. And Russell Westbrook is having, I mean, if we thought his numbers and usage were unprecedented throughout the course of a normal game, in the clutch, it's just, I mean, we've never seen anything even close to this by anyone ever. 62% usage rate, and on top of that, a 57.4 assist percentage. That means that he's basically has a hand in every single shot that goes up and every single basket that goes in. Yeah, he's assisting on 57% of their baskets, and so he's basically scoring all the rest of their baskets that, baskets that he's not assisting on. Also noteworthy, he only turns it over 7.1% of the time in the clutch, and, and 55% true shooting completely ridiculous to have that level of usage and still maintain his level of efficiency especially because overall in the league efficiency in the last five minutes of close games actually will go down and overall the thunder 23 and 15 in clutch games 115.9 offensive rating again that's completely ridiculous you know that would be the best in the league over a full season and that is literally him scoring or assisting on every single play uh and i also think that that their defense is notable in the clutch as well uh and i think that shows to some extent that he's able to turn it up a little bit and he certainly is less of a defensive liability than harden in the clutch you don't see teams being like oh hey we're gonna go at russell westbrook one-on-one or let's run a pick and roll to get a switch so that you know, russell westbrook is guarding our best player uh and the last thing i'll point to also is their pace in the clutch is 105 possessions you know over the course of a normal game and your typical team averages you know in the mid 90s and usually again this pace will slow down in the clutch not only because teams are like oh we got to stop and be sure of a shot but also because 
you just you might be one team might be ahead by a little bit so they're going to try and run the clock down and that shows again what he's doing he's pushing the pace hard in ways that a lot of teams do not in transition getting easy buckets running it down people's throats and it's just it's been incredible what he's been able to do in the clutch for this Oklahoma City team. Well, there's another part of this that I want to talk about, which is that they're plus 21.3 in terms of net rating, and they're 23 and 15. And a part of that is because a lot of these have been crazy comebacks. I mean, you could think back, the Dallas game is probably the most recent great example of this, where they were 13 points down and he made every single shot the Orlando yeah, three game. three and a half minutes left. I mean, that was that's a game that they had a 1% chance of winning, and he scored or assisted every single point. And then, of course, they held Dallas uh, from scoring at all during that period, which his teammates deserve credit for, too. And, and maybe you could even make the argument that his teammates can lock in more on defense in the clutch because he's doing everything on the offensive end. Yeah, I mean, what else? They, they could just set some screens. But... <laughs> And then Orlando, you know, similar kind of just explosion, huge runs against the Jazz, both in Utah and in Oklahoma City. And so, yeah, they have lost a series of games against good teams, but he has helped whether you want to blame him or not for some of those kind of games where they've started out poorly, that they've pulled victory from not only the Jaws defeat from but almost certain defeat. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these games, too, are games where they're down. He comes back in the game in the fourth quarter because, you know, his, his terrible backups have lost the lead or, or, or exacerbated the situation. I mean, and not even the games that they won. Like, there was a game against the Lakers where they were down 10 with five minutes left early in the season where he brought them back basically to tie, and they ended up losing that one. But there have been a lot of those games, and there have been a few where it's gone off the rails for him, and he's just shot them out of it. Uh, but, you know, they they need him to do that i mean who else do you want creating the the shot every time sometimes it's not going to work out and you know there have been a few games where they've gotten really beaten up in the clutch but overall i think he's been fantastic and if you're looking at harden as his primary competition as i think most people are uh harden by far the worst clutch performance uh uh, at least in terms of his team uh, of any of these, it, not only do, do his stats not quite measure up, but just subjectively, I think they've been less effective. And, and I'm sure I'll hear from Rockets fans because my memory isn't perfect, but the only play real like clutch play over the course of this season, you know, in the last minute of the game, that was like a, a, a huge play that I can remember is that OKC game that we did on the Twitter NBA show where he uh, dimed up Nene with a great pass. Oh, I have a second one. Off of DHO. Which one was that? Denver. Like, two weeks ago oh yeah oh when he went full court yeah that's right thank you but and Houston overall though their record in the clutch only 20 and 17 so worse than than uh maybe might be expected given their team quality and I think it's important to note too that they actually have a negative net rating in the clutch negative 0.6 Harden's individual statistics not bad 56% true shooting 12% turnover so actually less than than over the course of a game 40% assist percentage that's obviously good not quite as as good as Russ but then also the defense uh, I think which I think is something that he contributes to when teams really try and go at him down the end of games uh they have a 110.8 defensive rating in the clutch and again as we noted those games tend to have a little bit lower defensive ratings uh right so so they actually yeah. have the the Rockets have the worst offensive rating and the worst defensive rating in the clutch of any of these four teams. Yeah, th- that's a great point. Uh, how about Kawhi? How has he been in the clutch for the twenty five and ten clutch re- uh, record San Antonio Spurs? So the Spurs, while he's been on the floor, have actually outperformed opponents by more than Russell Westbrook's teams. They're plus twenty four point one. He does not have the same usage. He's at forty percent compared to forty nine for Harden and sixty two for Russell Westbrook. But he's efficiency. 50 sim percent is just about the same and one of the other big differences is that he doesn't turn the ball over seven percent but he only assists on 21 percent which is a lot less than the two guys we've discussed or lebron when we get to him well and then you also if you look at where the components of that 24.1 net rating come from in the clutch 117 on offense which is the uh, second best clutch offensive rating of these four players and then 93.1 defensively which of course was culminated by uh the ridiculous block that he had in that game uh against Harden a couple weeks ago and people are like oh he's really making a push for MVP because he did this in this uh league pass game <laughs> 
uh, poor, poor Kawhi just never going to get the, the national attention. Although part of that is his own fault. I mean, he doesn't really like, you know, like to do any media stuff. Uh, and, and I think that's actually, I mean, this is an aside, but I do think that's something that a star should do just as a responsibility to help grow the game. And, and you know, while it makes it easier in some respects for his teammates and everyone to just not be concerned about that stuff, I think it, it's something that might be better for him to do uh especially because you know it takes a little bit of pressure off his teammates as well but uh nonetheless th- th- that's kind of an ancillary point uh but yeah i mean i mean he 40 percent usage obviously is outstanding and i think his defense uh he ramps that up to even another level in clutch game and then the last guy of the four not in terms of success but just the guy we have mentioned is lebron it's actually interesting because his his usage in those situations is down from what it usually is i mean lebron's yeah i think it's actually lower than Kyrie's I think you're right yeah so LeBron's only at 33 percent and the Cavs are still a strong 23 and 11 in those circumstances plus 15.4 net rating field not quite like the Spurs their field I would say by their offense their offense 121 points per 100 possessions is is absolutely ludicrous and then otherwise, a lot of what LeBron does, you know, you could think about it a little bit like Harden, 40% assist rate is the same as Harden, but his true shooting is 10% higher. Actually, it's 12% higher, 68 to 56. And then that's also, uh, you know, it's about 10% higher than, than Russell Westbrook and a little less than that over Kawhi. Yeah, and I think he has made a lot of big clutch threes this year as well uh, that have really you know, caused big problems for the opposing team where I think he still doesn't like to take a lot of those during the main portion of the game, but he's shooting a good enough percentage on those, uh, especially in the in the clutch that it's pretty worthwhile. Also, we should note just while we were doing the research on this, John Wall and Isaiah Thomas have both been unbelievable in the clutch. Isaiah has probably been the best clutch player in the league this year. 65% true shooting, 6% turnover rate, 16 net rating, and the Celtics are 29 and 13 in clutch games this year. And his usage is like, you know, the standard 40% as well. I mean, 40% usage, 65% true shooting. I mean, that's just completely unheard of. Yeah, he's been awesome. And we're not going to talk about our fifth spot for the MVP, but he's certainly in that conversation. So, all right, man, give me your order one through four out of these guys after we've been through all of this I, I guess actually before you do that was there anything that you came across in doing all this research uh that surprised you or maybe changed your opinion just a little bit well i think how great the spurs have been in the clutch defensively is a real feather in Kawhi's cap especially when we consider that they've been closing with lineups sometimes that aren't the best defensively you know the- yeah i mean they got gasol aldridge tony parker like those are not like some awesome defenders they right. close a lot of games you're right about that so i think that's a, a big part of this and also the the other part you you've talked about this a little bit with Kawhi's case is that this is a lot closer of a four than I think some people are doing it I don't think this is Harden and Westbrook and then LeBron and Kawhi I think you I think a a good discussion is all four of these guys so while Harden and Westbrook are my top two in one order or the other I think that it it, thinking of it as a four is a lot more appropriate than thinking of it as two and two yeah I that's a great point about the the clutch uh defense for Kawhi I thought that the just generally the issue with the defense getting so much better with Harden off the floor I thought was something that I really uh kind of knew but I you know I was kind of thinking of Westbrook and Harden as similar defensively and both just subjectively with their physical skills and the numbers as well this year that I I felt like at, at this point you know I'd have to make that a significant downgrade for Harden compared to, to Westbrook uh all right so you want to give uh give us your four here sure i'll go from four to one because that's more fun four and it kind of breaks my heart a little bit to do it is Kawhi. i think Kawhi has had an underrated fabulous season but i value the the role of being a creator being especially the primary creator for an offense incredibly highly and it just so happens that he's running against three guys that are really good at it in very different circumstances and i that's kind of a a trump card for me so i have Kawhi fourth lebron Uh, quickly quickly how much did the fact that he's basically played about what would this be almost 20 percent less minutes uh than harden it's significant and, and yeah, that, yeah that's a big factor for you huh? it was, it, it's yeah. significant i mean i i don't think it is the single reason why he's there but it it, it certainly hurt in a, in a very real way because if he was close to those guys there are a lot of other spillover things that would be different and you know they, they've also the, the fact that the Spurs have basically gone on humming in a different way than LeBron, who's my third, because you know the Cavs, whether it makes sense or not, they fall off a cliff when he's not on the floor. And 
offensively, he makes so much of what they do go. And while his defensive effort has not been there on a game-to-game basis, and you can see some of that in the team results, especially when you consider the lack of plus defenders on that squad overall, even with two other absolute all-stars, to to have that not only when he sits, but also when he doesn't play is pretty amazing. And then my second is Harden. I I think that the Harden-LeBron threshold is actually a lot. That's one of the ones I was talking about, but that's a lot closer than people think. Because they have kind of similar resumes in some ways and then different. I went with Harden over him. Partially, he he does play more minutes. And I think that Houston's offense has been spectacular when he's been on the floor. I don't worry as much about the defensive gap as you do, just because I think they have some good defenders on their second unit. It's not a, a, a massive change like the Spurs have sometimes. But Harden, you know, they he's been a huge part of, of their offense. He is really the only guy that can make that team work on their team. And I think he gets a little bit of a perk from that. And then I have Russ number one. I think that nobody else could do exactly what he's doing. And while you could make an argument that his team is structured in a way that makes makes his MVP case stronger, I don't care about that. What you do with what you have is a big part of the MVP. And he elevates them in a way that is different from all of these other players. And I value that a lot. And it's true that their clutch performance might be some somewhat of an anomaly. It might be somewhat of an aberration, but when you do it over an 82 game season, we have to reward it for what it is. Yeah. I still find it very difficult. I, I, what I most feel, feel strongly about is that Russ should win it. Uh, and it, I'm basing that in the largest part on the clutch performance and also what you talked about is just how unique his role has been in pushing this very limited Oklahoma City team to being a solid team. Uh, And I think that actually does weigh in to he's getting a benefit from being on that team in some ways because his skill set is perfect for what they need. Getting out on the fast break, creating a ton of shots when they don't have anyone else to do it, even though there is limited spacing. And I do think, you know, I don't know that he's really a better player than he's been in past years when to me wouldn't really have been in the top tier MVP discussion. But if you're just talking about who in his situation has added the most wins to his team, which was my criteria, I or my criterion, I think it would be him you know and again i have and especially when you throw in the fact that he's hit so many of these crazy clutch shots and not only clutch shots but just these clutch runs of just you know 10 points in a row 15 points in a row in the last five minutes of games just not really something that i think we've seen on a regular basis since some of michael jordan's best seasons when he was on those limited bulls teams in the late 80s so with all of that, I, I am going to pick him, even though I would probably say that I think he is the worst player of, of these four. Uh, but this MVP is, you know, who created the most value and wins for his team. And I think that that is him. Uh, the rest of the order, I really want to put, I, I'll say this a, a little bit, and perhaps this will be, I don't, I don't want to say cathartic for, for Houston fans, but I probably have the least respect for Harden's game of any of these guys, maybe just because of the foul drawing, just just because he's not as good defensively as these other guys. But you also have to point to the fact that he's played the most minutes and will have played the second most games of this group by the end. And so... I think he's probably just has to be number two for me. If LeBron and Kawhi had played as many games as Harden had, Harden would probably be fourth for me. Uh, now, And I think I had Harden fourth when we did our last awards about a month ago. And I've thought about it more. And I think, you know, he's got to really be second, as you said. Uh, and then I would have Kawhi third and LeBron fourth, just because, again, Le- LeBron and the Cavs have disappointed a lot this year. And I think he's been a big part of that, even if... You know, so much of what they do that's good has been him causing it. A, a lot of what they've done that's been bad is, has been him, I think, to some degree as well. And it's pretty hilarious because if I were going to rank these players in terms of how good I think they are, and I think this is exactly what we did on the top 10 players in the NBA, I would rank them in exact inverse order of that with LeBron, Kawhi, Harden, and Westbrook. Uh, but yeah, so that's my final four. Westbrook, Harden, Kawhi, and LeBron. I would say this was a fun exercise when we should do it again, but the, the, the real fact of the matter is we don't know what the contours of the race are going to be next year. So I, I think we should appreciate this for being a truly unique situation where you have four players that have completely legitimate cases to be in the conversation and arguably to win. Is there anything that could happen in the last week of the season that would change your mind? Not really. I mean, I, I guess if, if you really started to 
cut the disparity. Like if Harden sat out all of the games and then LeBron, you know, if, if those guys made up that margin, maybe that would shift it a little bit. But outside of that, not really. What if Cleveland wins all the rest of their games and gets the number one seed in the East and, you know, Kawhi only plays two more games. So he's at like 71 Well, I had Kawhi third already. So season. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I had LeBron yeah. third. So for, for maybe for you, that would be, but for me, I already have LeBron. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess the maybe you could say, you know, Harden is more likely to sit out the rest of these games than Westbrook, uh, or, or at least some of them, with because he has this wrist issue. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, maybe if Westbrook goes, they get into five clutch games down the rest of the way, and Westbrook is terrible in all five of those, and, and they end up like getting the sixth seed or the seventh, which I think is basically impossible now. But uh, that might change it. But it, it would take something pretty big, a pretty big reversal of the trends that, that we've already noted, because you know there's six games left out of an 82 game season right now. All right, we're done here? Yeah, I think we are. All right, let's go watch some uh, world team hoops prospects. That's been enjoyable so far, catching up with everyone. And we'll catch up with you guys tomorrow. We'll probably do, I think, some news tomorrow. I don't know why I even say what we're going to do because we always end up changing it anyway, but might as well. I think we're going to try and check out that Cavs-Celtics game, which will be massive, of course, for the number one seed in the East. It gets us some news. And then maybe Thursday to close out the week, we'll do the rest of our awards. Don't forget about our sponsors today, CISO seeso.com use that cap space code to get a free month of awesome streaming comedy and then it is a mere three dollars and 99 cents per month after that and distilled distilled.com slash cap space gets you 10 percent off your first pair of denim talk to y'all tomorrow thanks to bet dsi for sponsoring today's program major league baseball is back and there's no better place to bet on games than on bet dsi their live in-game wagering lets you make plays throughout entire games at home or on the go. So get a free $25 credit just for registering, as well as a 200% bonus on your first deposits when you use promo code DUNK25, D-U-N-C-25. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.